Welcome back, everyone, to another HNK video game experience. This is Hollywood Cole here, and uh, we have Clearfire on the other side there. What's going on, man? Not much, man. Just long days, long days. Yeah, it has been a long week. A lot of bad stuff going on in America with the hurricane and whatnot. But uh, we're going to try to bring you guys a little bit about some retro game systems. We're kind of in the in the in the dead zone, so to speak, for Destiny 2's coming out uh, Wednesday, right? Yeah, it comes out, it drops Wednesday, and of course we won't have enough time to throw together our podcast after playing it, so we're going to try to get, you know, we might have a little gap between podcast or times that we actually have a podcast talking about Destiny, So, but it'll give us a little time to actually play it and get our first impressions together, so, but yeah. we'll throw this retro stuff together for y'all guys, so you can uh, kind of get an idea and a, uh, I guess an idea of where our history is in gaming and all of our stuff, what we like to do, what we used to like to do, and what we grown up playing. Yeah, we can we can satiate your appetite for the H and K experience that you guys are dying for. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so there we go. It's funny you talk about Wednesday. My boss, uh, we were talking about the hurricane uh, and um, about going on a lot. Everybody's kind of having a long week and whatnot. And uh, so I got to work tomorrow, which is Saturday, Sunday. I'm off Monday, Tuesday. Uh, I'm off Wednesday, though. I don't know. Never mind. Whatever. However it is, I'm off Wednesday. And my boss is off Wednesday. We always talk about destiny. And I'm oh, like, oh, God. I see what you did there. <laughs> That's right. He just said, oh, you getting it? I was like, covered. yeah, we get it. So anyway, it was funny. Uh, hopefully but, I'll be done laying <clears> some flooring so I can get on destiny on 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 day of hopefully my game gets here to my house because of course i had to pre-order it and get it delivered and i did <coughs> one day shipping hopefully GameStop gets them all out on the fifth and so that way it'll drop to my house on the sixth if not i'm gonna be pretty upset but hey you know what it, it is what it is and i'll get some play in before i can get another recording of this down oh yeah dude i'll be at the game store waiting 10 o'clock in the morning and, uh, and, why, and why wait till 10 o'clock in the morning why don't you do the nine o'clock at night thing man they're doing the late thing oh are they oh yeah they're uh, i actually Game... think i'm working that night gamestop is dropping it late so they're gonna stay open until i think they're gonna stay open until midnight at least some stores around here are so yeah. you could actually probably stop by and pick up a copy then if you wanted to i mean heck you can probably even go by target or walmart they're open till you know target's open till 10 11 o'clock at night in some places and then Walmart's open twenty four seven. You can just pick up a copy there if you just want the basic copy. Because I mean, really, I just want about, the basic. Yeah, yeah, that's about the only thing you're gonna be able to grab. But yeah, you can do it. Do it at one of those places. Yeah. So whatever the case, man, we just wanted to give you guys a good. We didn't want to just throw something together after the first day, but we want to get the next week. We're gonna come out with a more of a kind of first thoughts, first impressions of Destiny. Probably play it about two or three days. See what we get into. I don't know if anybody will be to the raid then. In fact, don't they don't they wait to release the raid like? Well, actually, like, uh, either yesterday or this morning or sometime recently in the past couple of days, they actually released the um, 
dates they're going to release the raid. And if I'm not mistaken, it's September 13th that they're actually going to uh, make the raid active. Yeah, so it's, that's so, the week after. So we won't have yeah. a... Well, then the week after that, we can do the raid review. Or yeah. something. I don't, we're trying to bring you guys a little bit something other than Destiny, but uh, I'm, I'm excited about this one. I, I like, I'm like. i a retro game collector, um, so I'm excited about this kind of retro game system. Um, this podcast here, and kind of getting to a couple games. Uh, <clears throat> but we all started playing together probably... We were actually just talking about this for the podcast. Uh, we we kind of started. I, we both had a regular Nintendo, the regular mm-hmm. NES, but we don't really remember playing together on NES that much. Uh, I remember playing it a lot. We had, you know with Contra and uh, it was one of our favorite ones. Actually, yeah. believe it or not, I, there's no way to prove it now, but I actually finished Contra without dying a single time. <laughs> a friend of ours, I won't say his name on here, but he he can he can attest to it if you ever see me, and I'll tell you later. But. Um, <laughs> He uh he saw me do it and um so we played that game so often that's how much that's how I remember I that it. one yeah and, and a lot of a lot of old NES games uh, of course Zelda uh, I never played Zelda two that much um I actually played it a decent bit but uh, I never really just dug deep into it it was always just surface of of that game I, I mean I, I liked it and it was okay but I just didn't. Do a it's head always, first dive on that one, and I think every, I think a lot of people just play the surface because when you had the original Zelda out, you know, and and, and it was this wide open world mm-hmm. that you could go anywhere, and but people could seem to that that formula for that game was just so perfect because you could kind of dive in, but you could kind of figure it out, obviously, because people did it, and um, but Zelda two was uh. You, you, for whatever reason, it was just so the dog is. I can't even concentrate. It's funny, man. But uh, yeah, a stranger outside or something. I believe it's man. my dog. It's not my. I don't have a dog. I've got two dogs, and one uh, of them he's a little sassy. A stranger. So you have to. You have to no, it's all good. I just had, I was trying to hold back a laugh, man. That's all good. But, it, but anyway, so um, yeah. So De- Zelda two, it just is. It's just didn't really click the same and i guess everybody was expecting it to be like zelda one the first zelda and so just as top yeah. down you walk around you see the enemies kind of pop up and move around and disappear and uh nobody really understood the experience and you know it's just the it's the exact same thing as like rambo you ever noticed that remember yeah, that rambo well, game yeah i do remember the rambo game but it's like with that with the with the uh, legend of zelda they kind of tried to push it into a new environment and I don't think it worked for him. I mean, that's just kind of how I felt. Because, I mean, the first Zelda was fantastic. You know, that full open world, run around, do whatever you need to do. You can figure it out and have fun with it. And then just having that other, just that little different twist into the second one, just kind of, uh, it just didn't make it as fun for me. Yeah, I think they tried something new. They really didn't know what they had. And there was no standard, you know, at that time for Zelda or any game. Everybody was just trying to figure this out. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was a great one, man. I mean, and I went back and finished Zelda two, and I enjoyed it. Uh, I used a guide, and I went back and finished it on mm-hmm. the Wii Virtual Console at some point. And I actually do that for a lot of games. But uh, <clears throat> but anyway, and speaking, and speaking of Zelda two, just so y'all know, if you don't know, it was actually re- released in 1986. So this kind of shows you how old some of us are. And the actual Nintendo, I didn't realize it was this. It was actually released eighty three. Yeah, it was released in eighty three. Check out when Zelda 1 was released. Zelda 1 was 86. 
Zelda 1 was 86. Okay, yeah, so 86. when was Zelda? Tuffy says 80, Zelda 2 was 86. No, Zelda, Zelda 1 was 86. Uh, uh, Mario Brothers was actually 1985, and just for some you know great little data here, I've got a timeline pulled up. Uh, it actually was the best-selling game until 2008, and it sold 40 million copies. So that yeah. just shows you how kind of Nintendo kicked the revolution off right there, you know, because yeah. anything it was before also, it really wasn't that big. But it also came, the Nintendo came with Mario, and that counts toward those numbers too. Exactly. So if you were going to play any other game, you had to buy Mario. So, well, I mean, I mean it not, doesn't not to discredit it, but that's it, it does count those. I mean, that, that was kind of this big debate that I've, I've yeah. heard on a few others that is this is this should that count? But I mean, yeah, you did sell those games, and you got to be silly to think that not having mm-hmm. Mario in there did not sell a lot of systems. That was like that was a the killer app, you know? Yeah. And I guess uh, just looking at this because it said sixty-two million units sold of the NES. I guess yeah. that's where the Mario picks it up, you know. So you're looking at basically 22 million copies of the NES without Mario, 40 million, you know, add another 40 million to get your 62 million with Mario. So, right. I mean, Mario was a great right. game, so. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, so, so I was going to ask you, when did Zelda 2 come out? I'm just curious to see. Uh, I don't have that one on the radar right here, but I will, um, I'll, I'll look it up and I'll tell you before the end of the, end of the podcast, so. Okay, uh, it's eighty-seven. I just looked it up, so it's one year late. It's okay. actually January nineteen eighty-seven. So one year, not yeah. even a year, because uh, Legend of Zelda one came out February twenty-first, nineteen eighty-six. So within a year, within a year, a whole new sequel was released. Yeah, can you imagine that now? No, that I mean it, would, it wouldn't. It would never happen now. But I mean that was kind of the trend back then because I remember also too looking back and watching some of the video game, uh, watching some videos too. You know, like I watched the. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, the documentary on how the Atari died about uh, the ET game that eventually just was the killer of the Atari. Go check it out. Great video. It was fantastic. I loved it. It was just great seeing this thing of them trying to find what happened and everything and that game got developed if i'm not mistaken in like three months yeah you know? they, they had a hard and, release date and so, it so finished. yeah it, it wasn't a finished game it, it was it, there were so many errors in it i mean it had the pit that if you jumped over you automatically fell and you could not get out it was game breaking um but it just shows you back then they had a lot of short times to release games because I'm looking here at some of these popular games. 85 was Mario, 86 was Zelda, and then 87 was Mega Man. And you're looking at that. I mean, it, Mega Man was also Street Fighter, Metal Gear, Final Lap, Castlevania, Contra, Final Fantasy, Fantasy Star, and Maniac Mansion. I mean, that's all in 87. That's a ton of games in one year. And then Zelda in 86, you had uh, Outrun, Bubble Bobble, Dragon Quest, and Metroid. I mean, those are some really classic games right there and some really, like, genre-defining games as well. I mean, you've got Dragon Quest in there, you know, Final Fantasy in there. Those really, you know, started off a big, you know, big genre right there in itself. so let's talk about this for a second because this is what I've been I've been studying. So I know I'm going to get a lot of information wrong and probably get some somebody tell me that I'm sure, and it's fine. Uh, but so the Atari, you know, it came out as a video game thing. It's a big hit at first, and everybody loved it. And so everybody was trying to get on this bandwagon train, and all these different developers and publishers were just dropping any game they could 
to get out there. It flooded the market. There was no, and remember, there was no way to tell which games were good games, which games were bad games. They had the box art. Some box art looked like the game. Some of it didn't, you know, so you didn't know what you were going to get. And so it just flooded the market, and people would buy crappy games, and they would just get tired of it. And E.T. Mm-hmm. was the, the nail in the coffin, as you said. All right, Nintendo comes out, and they call it the Nintendo Entertainment System because that's what the one, they didn't want to a Nintendo video game system. But after this big crash, everything, you're crazy. This is done. If video games were a fad, they're done. But um, so they called it the Nintendo Entertainment System. And so they released, uh, what was it Bob or Rob? I can't remember. The robot. Uh, I can't remember. I, that's, I should know that. But uh, whoever that came with it, the Gyromite game, yeah. to make and the Zapper and this whole thing, to make mm-hmm. it look like it's not a video game system, it's an entertainment system. And in fact, you know, that's why the Famicom, uh, the, Nintendo, the Famicom and the regular NES. The, uh, the one that we got in America, they look different. Yeah. Because well, the Famicom is a top loader and it looks just like an Atari, so they wanted to slide the game like a VCR. That's the whole reason they designed it with a front loader like that. That's pretty cool. Nintendo had a crazy hold on the market, and it's illegal to do what they did now for developers, but they made it only developers could only release five games per year. And, um, and so think about that for a minute. If you're a developer and you can only release five games, or you, you're going to release your best games mm-hmm. because that's where you're going to capitalize on it. So they, so they, that guaranteed that they were going to get the best games released from each one of these developers. And, um, mm-hmm. and that's where you get, you know, like Konami and Ultra. They're both the NES or both, uh, Teenage Mutant yeah. Ninja Turtles, right? They, so they got a little subsidi- uh, subsidiary, uh, company, and they're called Ultra, and that's how they got to release extra games. But they did, they put that hold on there. They made it to where, and this is they made it to where you got to buy your cartridges from us. You know the lockout chip and so on and so forth. And we could spend a whole episode on Nintendo about this whole thing. But that was the what all the thing I wanted to bring that up is because of how the market got flooded and how it came back with the Nintendo. And Nintendo did revolutionize not only with their quality uh, system, but their business you know, mechanics that they had in place, you know, that that's really kind of what helped it launch again. Well, I mean, they had a brilliant business model for a almost dead uh, sector of, um, of this video gaming, you know, because, I mean, video gaming pretty much had died. You know, the Atari basically crashed out almost by this time, and it was just tanking, and really the only big market you had for video games was in Japan. Uh, in the U.S., it was just kind of sketchy at this point. You know, yeah, you, you had, like, your uh, big um, video game machines that you would find that would have your Pac-Man and all of that. But home entertainment was just kind of, you know, it was kind it's kind of dead, almost dead in the water at the time for that. And so that they, they came in and actually, with their business plan and business strategy, actually really changed it and made a great, you know, a great run at this. And actually, you know, if it wasn't for them, we probably wouldn't be gaming like we are now. Oh, no. So, yeah, no doubt. So, anyway, so I, I grew up with the Nintendo, but uh, the Super Nintendo is still my favorite system um, by far. Oh, I say by far, but definitely of the retro systems, the Super Nintendo is one of my favorite ones. I mean, that's kind of right in the heyday of, you know, what are you, 10, 11 years old, 12 years old, mm-hmm. where you kind of really can start your critical thought process, along, but you're still young enough to have <laughs> yeah. fun, so you can kind of really enjoy puzzle solving and the reward for the games and stuff like that. 
And that's when we first got into the, Final Fantasies and that whole deal. Yeah. Um, the Genesis was actually my favorite yeah. first console. Um, of course, I had a Nintendo. I loved it. But the Genesis is where I really dove deep into it because I was a really big fan of Sonic. I can't tell you how many hours and days I spent on playing Sonic. You know, it, it was actually a very well put together side scrolling game. You know, I've got to give them a lot of credit for that. And then to have the graphics that they had on that little bitty 16 bit machine, it was a pretty fantastic little game. And I can remember running that game many, many times and playing that thing to Once death. Once we played so it, that... I hate Sonic, man. <laughs> I think Sonic is, and they get some hate for this, but I think Sonic is one of the, is probably one of the most overrated games. And the reason is it changed, and I, it changed Sega's whole per- attitude and personality. And it's a great Marcus game. And it's a good game. Uh, but, it's like they side by side the Mario, no, 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 side by side the Mega Man. These games have excellent controls, and that's why I don't think it's as good a game because it's and and so okay. Before I even get, I'm talking about Sonic the Hedgehog one because not mm-hmm. two or three and all this because I didn't even get into those. But one, you know, the whole thing was is he's real fast and he just blasts this stage. Well, you don't even know what's going on. You just push forward and like do a little spin <laughs> and you just watch it. You know, it's like I don't even know what's dumb jumping at the right time. He's slippery controls. He's sliding all over. I just didn't really like it that much. It's hard to kind of you know, after playing Mario or something like that. The graphics were great. The music music was great. It's a great mascot for Sega. Obviously, he's proven, um, and people love that game. They still want it. The game. What was the game that just released? Uh, Sonic uh, Mania, something like that, on Xbox One. And all yeah, that. I think yeah, so. so. Yeah, people yeah. still demand it, and they, they a lot of people love it. I'm not a fan of it. I don't like it. In fact, that's the only system that I don't collect for is Sega. The only you know I got one Sega game. So I do have. Oh, you, know, you know what it is? Do you know? No. It's Shadow Run. I had to get it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Shadow of course, yeah, yeah. You, you were Shadow. <laughs> I love Shadow. Run. That was definitely, definitely fantastic. Well, I mean, I'd like to do a counterpoint on that because I honestly thought that you know, you have the Mario's and the Mega Man's and everything that sucked you into Nintendo and brought you in. I thought that Sonic was a great breakup to that. You know, it was, you know, it wasn't the best game. I, I'll agree on that. It wasn't because it did have really loose controls, but. It was nice to have that change. It was nice to have something brought back in there and actually have some finally have some competition to the Mario's and the Mega Man's. And it was nice to see that change. And it was nice to have a different game than the other two because when you honestly look at it, Mario and Mega Man are really along the same lines of that whole side scroller type of you know jumping platform to platform side scroller where. Yeah, Sonic is a lot of the same of that, but it threw in a little bit of difference with that whole loose control, the you know blasting through a board and things like that. So it, it brought a change to the game to, to gaming, I think, and I think it was actually a good gaming because I mean you look back, you look back at most of the Nintendo games from you know you know from that from that Nintendo era. They're all, a majority of them are just side scrollers that are along the same lines as Mario, just reskinned in some different thing with a few different changes, which was fine. I loved it, but you know, Sonic Sonic broke it up a little bit. So, yeah, a lot of people like Sonic. There's no doubt that it was a big hit for Sega, and that just kind of set them off. And I think at one point, I'm trying to find it right now, how much of the market share they actually won back from Nintendo, and I think they got a yeah, sixty five percent of the market in North America for a brief time was the most they got over Nintendo, which was, which was huge. But as soon as Super Nintendo came out, well, let's see, when was that before I start saying it? But Super Nintendo... Well, the Sega, the Sega Genesis actually came out in uh, 1988. Yeah. That's going to be, uh, it's actually called the Sega Mega Drive in uh, Japan. And 
it was um it was of course the Genesis in the US. Uh, it's Sega's most successful console with 29 million units sold. Um, at that time, that was pretty big because it probably was well above Nintendo at the time as well. Because Nintendo, of course, you know, they picked up and everything, and they definitely sold the market. But, you know, it was definitely definitely neat because, I mean, of course, Genesis had some cool stuff with it. Um, they also had a thing called Power Pad. That was a pretty neat thing that came out with it, so... Yeah, so they so yeah they got sixty five percent of market share in North America for a brief time. So they released mm-hmm. the Sega CD in Japan in ninety one and ninety two in North America. So I think the Super Nintendo was out in ninety one or ninety. Uh, Super Nintendo was in nineteen ninety, okay. and of course it was Super Fam- uh, Famicom, F A M I C O N, of course Family Computer again, and it was SNES here, and it was definitely the best selling. 16-bit console of that era, which, when you look at it, and, and it's going to sound weird saying this, but the Genesis and Nintendo is actually the fourth generation of gaming. <laughs> you know, it's hard to believe and hard to think about that that's the fourth generation. A lot of times we think of Nintendo as the first generation. Well, you got Atari that actually started off, like the, um, let's see, the Atari uh, 2600 was right there at the very edge of the beginning of the second generation of gaming yeah. of home gaming consoles so, Commodores so that was exactly Amico. you had like a german uh german born engineer created a system uh they called it the brown box um so that that was one and you had ColecoVision and all those different things but Atari was probably the first jumper, and then you have it going on, which I'm looking here. I didn't realize that Sega released a, it's, it's a system called the SG-1000 in 1983. It was only in the Japanese market with minor success, so that, that's kind of why I guess we didn't hear about it, but that was kind of kind of cool. And then, of course, the Master System was a competitor to the NES, but I, I really didn't hear much about that you either. You did, that man. That's a, tragic, that's a little bit tragic. I mean, some of the games there... And, and I, I don't know a whole lot about it, um, but I've recently seen some videos about the quality of games that it had. The graphics were like twice as better as the NES. I mean, there's no doubt that it had it. And of course, like you said, this, the Genesis came out uh, a little bit before the NES, or Super Nintendo. And so they automatically had a 16-bit jump on uh, Nintendo um, before it came out. But, uh-huh. um, but anyway, so... The Super Nintendo, like I said, was my favorite one, and, and I don't remember all the games I had. I think they had Final Fantasy three, of course. That's my favorite game of all time. I had Final Fantasy two. I remember one of the first ones you got for it was Final Fantasy two, yeah. and I remember you got that for like Easter, yeah, if I'm not I mistaken. Did get it for Easter. <laughs> I so, remember that. Yeah, because awesome. the only reason why I remember that is because I told my mom I was like, "Hey, Marcus is getting." Final Fantasy 2 for Easter, and I'm only getting a bunch of candy. This is not right. <laughs> I was like, where's my, my video game? game. <laughs> so, so my mom was like, Easter's not about gifts, it's about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, no, Mama, Easter's about what I get in my Easter basket, and I don't have Final Fantasy 2 in my Easter basket. Yeah. So that was kind of a funny That's, little contention point. I couldn't point believe I got it, to be honest with you, because I always got candy and stuff, and I'm like, I think I did get one of those little, uh, little desert storm uh gun before so that was in 91 or 90 because when desert yeah. kicked off and it just it had a it had a battery in it would automatically would kick back like it had recoil and i thought that was mm-hmm. so sick and i was up i was oh, up yeah. so early playing that thing shooting that thing around the house and my parents had to get up tell me to stop because it's keeping everybody up but so yeah. then i got that so then next year i think i got the final fantasy 2 but 
Yeah. Uh, that's definitely one of my favorite ones. And Final Fantasy III is my all-time favorite. Super Punch-Out. It's a great game on there. I love it. Um, and what other? I always had Mario World, of course. That came with it. F-Zero was the second game I got. Final Fight was the third game I, I got. I can't believe I remember that. Yeah. I actually had I Secret bring of Mana up, and everything. I had all the good RPGs from Square yeah, had, I want to bring up one more game, too, while I'm thinking about it before we get too far, too far along from the Nintendo, just because of the video game, uh, the, just because of the movie that came out around it. Um, Super Mario Brothers 3 came out in 1988. <laughs> and a movie is what made that game big. And I forget, what the is Wizard. the name of that movie? The yeah, Wizard. one of the greatest marketing I love that movie. Awesome. And not only not only in that movie was that and some other Fred games, Savage. but exactly, and it had the power glove in it. I remember getting a power Christian glove Slater. and having that and loved it. Yeah, it's Christian <laughs> Slater. So it was a great movie. It, I got that. Movie. If you I haven't seen, yeah. if you haven't seen The Wizard, go watch it. It's a great uh, retro movie. It's great nostalgia. It's great nostalgia it, it'll. Yeah. It, It'll be great. It's just it's a, a good, relic of it's a the good times, little movie to watch. Sure. Exactly. And I just, you know, looking down here, seeing my list of stuff, I just want to make sure we mention that before we move on because that actually, I think that helped push video gaming into the next step up of the um, fourth generation with the Genesis and the Super Nintendo and everything like that because Super Mario Bros. 3 was an awesome. See, I thought that was the best selling game awesome. of all time. It's probably yeah, the best. Uh, it was an awesome step the up. Best, stand, best yeah. selling standalone game. I can almost scare. I think it, it was for a long, long time. Yeah. Uh, actually, so. I'm gonna look up top selling games of all time. Yeah. Until you get until you get into the video games now, where video games easily sell 60 million plus copies. You know, some of these older ones, you're not gonna see them hit those things. But if you basically brought them into now times, it probably would. Of course, so. Tetris. Tetris is the best-selling one of all time. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, you kind of you kind of knew that. Tetris, Minecraft. Uh, where is Mario 3? Can't believe it. Oh, we got Mario uh, Wii. New Super Mario Brothers Wii. But it was there for a long time. Um, but anyway, yeah, the wizard, it was about this guy, this kid that's just had like eight. He's probably autistic or something. It very, very much autistic. Yeah. You could, you, you know, it, it, we we didn't call it autism back yeah. then, or at least it wasn't widely known then. But he was definitely an autistic kid because he just got so focused in on games and could play games. He's just like a math whiz. Amazing, yeah. It's, Basically, he was a savant of gaming. Yeah. You know, so you know, a lot of a lot of autistic people are savants in something. He just happened to be a savant in games. Mario Three is the thirty sixth best selling game of all time right now. Um, but yeah. anyway, uh, yeah, so he just goes off to California, and the kids are, he wants to go to California. He just keeps saying, California, California, and he wants to take him out there. Fred Savage, uh, they, they run away from home for whatever reason, I can't remember. And as they're going through home, mm-hmm. going to California to this video game competition, they're hustling video games all the way to get there. This is great. Yeah. They meet this girl along the way, uh, and Christian Slater is his brother, Fred Savage's brother, um, and the dad... That Christian Slater and the dad they get get this truck and they head out they're staying in hotels and of course Christian Slater brings us the Nintendo and they hook it up and play it I'm playing Ninja Turtles and then the dad gets hooked on it you know but mm-hmm. anyway they get to the, the the thing about it at the end of it was that they played a game that nobody's ever seen before the competition nobody's ever seen and it was Mario Brothers 3 so everybody got a sneak peek of that game before it came out and that was a big it, deal 
that was awesome. I mean, I remember watching the movie before the game came out, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta get that game so bad!" Oh yeah. And I don't think I, I don't think I got it until after it already been out for a little bit. But it, it was just one of those exciting moments because it was really neat and a really inventive way on to release a game. And of course, back then you don't have spoilers like you have now. And oh my God, just don't get me started about that right now because I, I, I could strangle people right now about Destiny Two spoilers. But I'll get into that later. Um. But it's a fantastic way to market a game. So well, so they don't um, do it anymore because you start think so you start thinking about it because I mean, how much does it cost to make a movie? You're talking for that movie. I mean, probably I have no idea. Fifty probably, million dollars probably, or something. I don't know how in yeah, today's money. It probably, but yeah, but um, you know, so they did all that money to release it. But you you see what they do. If you go back and watch it now, you can't really see what they did. They have a lot of ads that are kind of hidden in there. Like they get yes, lost they running did. around Universal Studios. So they get all the little rides as they, as they chased them through there, you know, and it's just advertising all the stuff that Universal Studios has in uh, Hollywood, which is very, that's like, ah, that's pretty clever. But, um, but anyway, yeah, so that's a fun movie to really will bring you back to the nineties with the power glove. And, <laughs> you know, Lucas is the, the big villain. He has the exactly. power glove. And nobody's ever seen it before. Comes out of a big case. Smoke comes out. And she's like, what has he got? That's the power glove. It's so rad, or something like that. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, because that was really the first introduction to uh, the power glove you got as well. So yeah, nobody said it's his glove. I can play the. I can drive like I'm driving a, a punching like punching a punch out, and drive like I'm playing Rad Racer. Like I'm really driving. But uh, this was weird. That thing was terrible, by the way. I tried to use that thing, and you, you had to hold your hand completely flat for like some games, like Mario, and you push down your this finger, your pointer finger to run, and then you jump, you know, with your middle finger or something. It's just so oh, weird. It was crazy. It was crazy. You ended up just using the gamepad on the top of it, you know, the whole time. Oh yeah, that's that's all I ended <laughs> up doing. It, it, it was it was it was terrible. You never could get it. You never could get it to do do right. So that's funny. But anyway, yeah. So. Uh, back to Super Nintendo after Final Fight, I, and I had Secret of Mana. Like I said, all the I think I had Secret of Mana. Well, I know I had Secret of Mana, uh, Lucians of Gaia, Final Fantasy three, which is six, uh, three in America, Final Fantasy two, yeah. which be four. Um, I know I had some more. I thought I was kind of big into those role playing games, and uh, mm-hmm. when you had time to sit down and play them. And I, in point of fact, I remember this. I remember I had, five, I remember I had, I sold all my stuff, and even the deal with you that we talked about in the first episode, where you gave me all the yeah. stuff. I said I'll give you all my Super Nintendo stuff. You give me all your Sega stuff. However, I'm going to keep Final Fantasy six. Exactly. Like, yeah. All right, cool deal. And and then so I still kept it around forever. Uh, you had the or, I think you had it. You had the Super Scope. No, I didn't. The, uh, I never had the Super Scope. Then I had it. Then I I knew one of the two of us had yeah. it, and so I remember us having that too. Something interesting too, because um, um, handheld gaming was kind of a thing too, and I didn't re- I totally forgot this and didn't realize that it was 1989 that the uh, Game Boy came out, and it came out along with Tetris, and it was bundled with Tetris. So that's why it sold so many, because it was an awesome thing. I mean, the, the this is this is an amazing stat. The Game Boy. The first original Game Boy sold 118 million units worldwide. Shit. I did not realize it sold that's that crazy. many. That's that's an amazing. Yep. And 89 was when the Power Glove came out too. So that's you know 89 is when the Power Glove came out. The Wizard came out in 89. It all came out around the same time. So this is sick. I'm looking at the stats here, talking about uh, the fourth 
best-selling game. Uh, what, what do you think the second best-selling game is? You know what it, you got to know what it is if you thought about it for a minute. I didn't think about it. If I was put on the spot, I couldn't think about it probably. But nah, you well, you just put me on. the well, spot. Well, I know. I was just seeing how, how <laughs> Minecraft, of course. Um, well, yeah, you said it earlier too. It was Minecraft. So, and so Tetris is number one. Minecraft, then Wii Sports, which that came with the Wii, and the fourth one is doubles almost the uh, sales of the fifth one, which is Super Mario Brothers. The fifth one, is Super Mario. So the fourth one actually doubles. Super Mario Brothers sold forty point two million. This one sold eighty million standalone. Released in two thousand thirteen from Rockstar. Grand Theft Auto Five, of course. That's impressive. Absolutely. It's impressive stats. And Wii Sports is 82 million. Uh, Minecraft is 122 million. Which Minecraft is actually... It's a standalone. So Minecraft... It's a standalone, but it's cheap. It's not the same price as other games. So that kind of, to me, gives it a competitive edge. Yeah, so Minecraft, you know, with it being that lower cost game i could very easily see it selling a lot more because i mean most games you're paying 40 50 60 bucks for whereas minecraft you paid 20 bucks 30 bucks tops i think was the and most you know, it ever a cost. lot of people talk about that too when it comes to systems and and games as well where oh they finally you know systems 400 dollars. oh but they dropped it down to 300 so now it sells better and it's like if you can, you know, if you can't afford a four hundred dollars system, why all of a sudden three hundred you can? You know, it's just how much yeah. does that really help? That's my question, and I'm, I know that it helps people. They always sell more when they lower the price. I just don't. Well, let's 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 take the PS3 for instance. It's the one that's most notorious for coming out with a stupid high price, at least in recent memory. You do have some others like um neo geo and all those other ones that were stupid priced then but you know the one most recent that a lot of people are gonna think of is is the ps3 it came out at a 599 That's price ridiculous. point six hundred dollars for this thing and people people bought it you know but it started selling better once they dropped the price down mainly because it had competitors that were at lower price points when you look at the 360 that came out around the same time it was at a lower price point and so it sold better well for it to be able to compete it had to drop the price um, I think what happened is is Sony got a little too money hungry which they have been notorious for doing that in the past and that's why some of the some of the systems had some flutters in there with price and everything so um, but you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, it, it eventually tapered out and you saw the sales of the PS3 pick up, but I don't want to get too far into that cause we're going to start covering those later, but that's just, just for a thought yeah. of saying, you know, that whole price drop thing, you know, cause I totally get it, you know, okay. Oh wow. The game system just dropped 50 bucks. Why can I afford it now versus later? Uh, it doesn't really mean it. Yeah, people just, like to save money. That's really all yeah, it boils down to. Spend, people, th- people, they're thinking they're getting a deal. You either you know, want the like, system oh my gosh, or not, $50 you know, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, and I wonder if a lot of that's yeah. kind of, yeah, I don't know. I don't like know do anything about marketing system, but it's, it's, it's kind a of lot time to do where, with, Hey, okay. A lot of games yeah. are out now. So, now I want one, you know. So exactly. that's what I think. You, you well, you get it, it's it's pretty much that. It's it's basically it's a marketing ploy to get people to buy it because you have games that people want. You see that they're hot sellers. You see that they're popular games that are taking off, and so you have that kind of push to go through it. Um, 
during the time of the PS3 and the 360, Rock Band was a huge game and Guitar Hero. Well, those were coming out like crazy, and I noticed that price were, prices on the system were dropping more during those times than they had any other time before. So you just have things like that that kind of do that. So so, but um, Tetris, yeah, one hundred seventy million is the most. That's a lot. Of, that's over half the people in the U.S. It's a lot. Of, <laughs> you know, which, that's a lot that's of games. This yeah. is a weird one though. That's at the top fifty. Check this one out. So you got stuff like you know Diablo three, create Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. five, uh, Pokemon, San Andreas, uh, Mario Kart DS, and out of nowhere, what sold better than Mario Kart DS? What sold better than Pokemon Gold and Silver? Which sold better than Call of Duty Modern Warfare two, Mario World, uh, Call of Duty Ghost? Is a little game called Nintendo Dogs. <laughs> oh my god! Right in twenty one. Oh my god! Nintendo gosh. DS, two thousand five, twenty three. Yeah, I heard, remember hearing about that. What in the well, world? That was what two thousand one is two thousand five. It was it was twenty first. Yeah, that's that's the. Uh, okay, so I can kind of get that because <clears throat> that was about the time that you saw a lot of younger kids gaming again, um, because you had you had younger parents at that time. I mean, two thousand five. I hate to say this, I hate to bring this up. That was when I, the, my, my first marriage, 2005. So you had people that were my you age. You had a lot of dogs, too. That already had kid. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> had a lot of cats. I didn't have a lot of dogs. I had a lot of cats. But, <laughs> I, had a lot uh, of both of them. I had a lot of animals, period. I, 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 <laughs> that, that was a crazy situation. I should have never got into it. But hey, that's, that's in the past. But you had people putting game systems and things in their kids' hands, and you started having this whole change of culture because that was when cell phones were getting a lot bigger. Um, I remember around 2005, 2006 when the Motorola Razr came out. You know, that was one of the biggest selling cell phones. You know, it was stupid popular, and it was probably one of the best phones because it was almost as good as the Nokia brick. I just call it the brick because it was the one you could throw against the wall, pick it up, throw it in the water, whatever. It it stayed great. Oh, yeah, Snake. (laughs) That that game. Don't get me started on that. Where's that on this ridiculous? (laughs) (laughs) It was a free game, so I guess guess they don't call it best selling. But, uh, you know, and so I kind of can reason out why Nintendogs would probably be up there, but it's a game I've never played. I cannot um, reason that. Very rarely heard of. And, you know, this is probably the second time I've heard of it. And so, it's just kind of one of those weird... That's, awesome. that's really it's weird. It's the best game, you know, <laughs> But, so, anyway. Um, so, so, yeah, so those are the games. A lot of the Nintendo uh, early releases on um, other consoles really made a mark on a lot of people. Uh, our age and kind of kept us in the game and it's kind of interesting to see in the future you know since nintendo you know they just came out with a switch so are they going to be a big player in the generation now that was our age when they first came out and and when the generation that's playing playstation 4 and all this when they get older are they going to have the fond memories that we do and still on a video game still want a game for uh you know like we do now yeah so but they, they just made or if it's just a unique thing because Nintendo left such a mark on us that's just interesting to think yeah. about 
Yeah. And then something else I want to bring up, too. I want to go ahead and, since we're sitting, we sat in the fourth generation there for a little while, hit the fifth generation just to kind of highlight it because there's actually something in there that's you know, a couple big things we've actually kind of talked so about. So before we go uh, to the fifth gen, Sega CD, okay. does that count as a next gen? Or does that count as a... That's a weird thing. I, I don't add know. On. It's a really weird. It's really weird because I don't know if it's next gen or not. I don't know if it would be considered that. I mean, the way the way they have it listed in this is is not next gen, but I could see it as a kind of because it was. I kind of see it like the P. I kind of see it like the PS4 and the PS4 Pro. It's a step up, but it's not a new generation. Yeah, it was still it kind of enhances something like that. Uh, and I just had. I mean, this. Well, the CD was still. Yeah. Yeah, the CD was still 16-bit as well. That's you know, I mean. the second CD was still still 16-bit, but it had you got a little better graphics in it and everything too. Which I mean, basically, if you remember the crappy phone webcams, the phone cams that we had back in the early 2000s, that's the kind of graphics you got on the Sega CD. It was just that kind of loose, scratchy kind of graphics. Because I remember what was a sewer shark that we played yeah. on that one. And that was a fantastic. You just like watching. It was a fantastically. It was a fantastically terrible game. That's, that's the best way I can put it because it had terrible controls, but it was fun to watch and it was so awesome back then because it was so new. It's pretty much you a know, sixteen-bit so system, awesome with full motion video and better music quality, CD CD quality. It, it, exactly. So then, so then so. they had to release a thirty-two X because so mm-hmm. so before that. Um, Nintendo Super Nintendo stayed out, stayed going for for quite a while, and I believe it was '96 yeah. when uh, the Nintendo 64 came out. Yep. Uh, but uh, so Sega had already said we're going to do a 32-bit Saturn, and then they're going to release like, a 32X, and everybody's like, "Why are you? Why would I buy this? We know the Saturn's coming out." And you're jumping way ahead there. Hang on one second there. This is going to throw you off because I didn't realize this too until I'm looking at this timeline. So, oh wait, hold on. They don't even have the Sega Saturn on this timeline. Sorry. I was saying, 94 was in the Sega yeah, Saturn came out. 5, yeah. Uh, Which is funny because the Sega Saturn and the Sega 32X come out in the same I year. I know. See, that's what... That's, so, so that right there was the killer of, of Sega, I think. Because yeah. they just said, what are they... They have all this market... That's... That's what they always said. They had all this market share. All they had to do was nothing, and they did everything. Oh, yeah. They did everything they, they tried to mess to do it too up. Too much. Well, they wanted to keep the Sega Genesis relevant because they had so much on the Genesis, but then they wanted to bring a new system out as well. Because I remember getting the Sega Saturn and the 32X. I remember getting both of them. Well, I will say um, this. I will say this about Sega um, that I do admire because you know back then it seemed like an eternity, but like we just said. Super Nintendo came out in 90, so, uh, so six years later, Nintendo 64 came out. That seemed like an eternity when you're 10 years old. Yeah. That's nothing now. And uh, mm-hmm. and so what does Sega try to do? They try to extend the life of one. If, they, if you buy our product, we're going to honor that product forever. So so nobody's, I have never heard anybody give it that kind of twist on it. So we're going to, you know, you can still play your games. We're going to, this next system is just going to be an add-on. It saves you money. It's a little bit better of an upgrade, so if you kind of got with us to begin with, and we're going to honor that, uh, you know, as a, as a customer, we're going to take but care of you. But do you remember the kicker to that, to the whole system? What system? You C- could put, CD? You could, the, whole, the, the, the Sega, the Sega CD, and the 32X. So if you had the original Sega Genesis, which I did, you could hook a Sega CD up to it, no problem. But you could not hook a 32X up to it. 
it had to be the I think it's the third it was the second generation third, but you could the second generation Sega automatically worked but you could hook up you couldn't hook it up out of the box to it you had to get uh, an adapter for the back and you had mm-hmm. to have uh, there's like some metal prong type things you put into the game yeah. like this but yeah so so there was actually and there was actually two versions of the Sega CD that came out one was a Sega CD that actually attached to the side which was for the original Genesis and then there was oh, a yeah, bottom mount that. yeah then there was a bottom mount Sega CD for the uh, for the second edition Genesis we had a side one we had a side one and I actually at one time had a bottom one as well stop working uh, yeah, it did stop working. Yeah, that that one was junk. It was junk. The bottom one was actually worse than the side one. The side one was actually better. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I remember the side one. I remember the 32x and it had Doom, and that's all I wanted to play on it because I was never a big PC gamer. That's where Doom was, you know, real popular, of course. And we won't even get yeah. into PC, so I'll cut PC off right there. But uh, <laughs> but Doom, that's how I played Doom, uh, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. Me too. That's kind of my first one with it. And if you played it on anything else, uh. Mm-hmm. You would probably think, "Oh, that's a terrible one," but uh, I liked it. I liked that port of it. But so, an interesting note too, just to think about it, since we have kind of started touching into the fifth generation, since we're talking about the the Saturn, the thirty two X, and everything like that. In ninety four, Sony actually finally stepped into the game and dropped the PlayStation. I didn't realize it was ninety four that the PlayStation dropped, but that's pretty <clears throat> cool because. They actually kind of, you know, it's, it's a third player in the game now. You've got Sega, Sony, and Nintendo in the game, and that was a nice curveball play there for them, too. So. Well, do you remember how that got started? They, uh, mm. The NES, okay, so the Super NES was developed. If you look on the bottom of your Super NES, there's actually an expansion. Yeah, yeah, because they were actually, the. it was supposed to be, um, so it was supposed to be called Nintendo CD. Basically, they wanted to have a CD drive of it. Um, but it failed miserably, and PlayStation or Sony, which was actually part of it, if you if you go and look it up now, you can actually find uh, there's I think there's like there's two of them in the world if I'm not mistaken. There's not many of them in the world. There's it's the it's the rarest console that you can find right now. Um, some guy just recently found one to make it to where it's two in the world known. And it's called. It's got PlayStation on the front of it, and it hooks into a Super Nintendo. It's actually really pretty cool looking, and I wish they would have pushed it, but I'm glad they didn't because now we actually have a PlayStation against a Nintendo. So that was just I guess, a prototype. So. so, so what happened was they went to talks with Sony to do a CD-based add-on, just like Sega, to compete with Sega, and. Um, so, so, so they went up to this video game expo, and I don't know where it was, but this is, you know, everybody, this is video game history or whatever. Everybody that's a real hardcore uh, collector knows this story probably. But there's a, uh, so they went up to the, uh, whatever expo they were at, and Nintendo announced in front of everybody, Sony had no idea this was going on, they were now going to make a CD-based add-on with Magnavox. CDI, uh, and so Sony, like what? Take it a slap in the face in front of everybody. It's embarrassing, you know. So then they go on to make the Sega, or the, excuse me, the, the Sony PlayStation, and that that's the the rest is history. In fact, I think I just read that Sony is selling a hundred thousand PlayStation fours a week worldwide now. 
So yes, but PlayStation Four is probably going to end up being one of the hottest video game systems ever. So they woke a sleeping which, giant, basically, and yeah. so so that's where oh, you yeah. got CDI from. That's probably one of the worst selling consoles, and that's when you got those crappy Mario's, those crappy Zelda's. Because they said, okay, mm-hmm. well you can use our you know first party titles, and then we're going to the to business with you somehow, and, and that just fell through, and that was terrible. So, yeah. and of course Nintendo goes on to the Nintendo 64. We're going to stay cartridge based. You know, why would you do that? Everybody's going to CD. Well, it's really for pirating and, and it could have been a little bit about it. You know, well, we're not going to go CD mm-hmm. because we know better and we're not going to let Sony think that they won. You know, I don't know what they're thinking, but well, it could have been that. Well, from, 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 from one of the stories I actually hear, this is actually where Nintendo actually had their big drop because from the... Absolutely. Um, from from the 64 down to the uh, GameCube is the, two of their worst selling systems. Uh, one, the 64 only sold 33 million units, and the GameCube only 21 million units. So that shows you right there that was their two worst oh, yeah. selling units up to this point. I'm, I don't have the stats on the Wii and the Wii U, which Wii was stupid crazy seller, yeah. and the Wii U wasn't you know wasn't far behind it. Well, there's a lot of debate but, on whether the Nintendo 64 was exactly. actually a good system or not. Well, the Nintendo 64, that what the, what Nintendo basically did was they they wanted to say, "Hey, look, we're the big guys. You got to beat us. We don't have to beat you." And they kind of got lazy because it's like, "Okay, well, we don't really have to change the architecture of our systems or anything like that. All we have to do is develop something that can handle a little more horsepower and a cartridge that can hold more." So they didn't really have to really re-engineer anything they just reused stuff and made the nintendo 64 in the end it shot them in the foot big time i mean they came out with the alien funky looking controller even to this day i still think it's the worst controller ever developed you know the thump the joystick in it broke so quick i remember i remember time and time again having to go to walmart buy another 20 dollar aftermarket controller because I'd break the stick and you know I can't tell you how many 20s dollars 20 of dollars that I had to blow on these controllers and plus it had the four plugins in the front so that was really weird as well. well the four plugins was revolutionary because it was a uh, four player couch you know co-op which yeah. nobody did you had to buy these special add-ons and stuff which that was so they did that very so so the things that we know for sure that it did better than anybody was the four player couch co-op mm-hmm. so that that was kind of a, a great system for for buddies to play i mean we all played golden eye a million times uh yeah, together yeah. we played mario kart which is a lot of fun mario party all the time but they also mm-hmm. were the pioneer for the actual um to do uh 3d i mean they did mario 3d which basically mm-hmm. crushed i mean it, our mario 64 not mario 3d but it was a 3d mario the first 3d mario mario 64 is one of my favorite games to this day it's probably one of my favorite marios um mm-hmm. and, but not, not even talking from a fanboy perspective but just the how it that was one of the first real 3d games that actually did anything and, and basically paved the way yeah. and set the standard for 3d games <laughs> So those are things well. Something else too. Another game that was in that whole realm was in a step up in that. And I hate to bring it up on this podcast because we're trying to keep everything clean. But Conker's Bad Fur Day. Yeah, but that was big for Nintendo to do that. It was a fantastic game. It was a step out of Nintendo's realm of being 
um, family friendly because it was one of the first mature based games that they put out and pushed out. I mean, yeah, they had Killer Instinct, Mortal Kombat, and all this by then, but those games, those games don't deserve a mature rating like Conker's Bad Fur Day did. Conker's Bad Fur Day hit every bad point it possibly could. For the sake could. of hitting the bad points, but it was funny. Exactly. I, didn't, I never played it. It was, it was hilarious. Funny, yeah. It was hilarious, and, it, and the reason why it was one of my favorite games for the 64 is because it pushed boundaries, and it showed what a gaming system could do, because it was actually one of the be- one of the better 3D graphical games of the Nintendo 64, in my opinion. It was a lot of fun, it had a lot of twists in there, and the funny thing is, is it incorporated different movies, because it had incorporated Aliens in there, it incorporated World War II in there, it incorporated just all kinds of just different random stuff, along with just debauchery at its best you know it, it was pretty it, i mean it really was i mean it was a it was a fuzzy little squirrel doing terrible things you know but it was hilarious too you know so it's just kind of one of those things where it was that because i remember my mom actually had to pay for the game for me because i wasn't 17 yet and you know you had to have somebody 17 or older you still to buy have the it? game um, I think I do still have it somewhere, maybe. Yeah, it's like $100. Um, worth 100 bucks now. So, it's a fantastic game. It's hilarious and crazy, and just one of those games you need to check out if you get a chance. Yes, yeah, it's, it's so. one of the rare ones because it's uh, it's so expensive, and like you said, it's one of those revolutionary Nintendo games, or for Nintendo to do that. Um, it's also made by Rare, which Rare, mm-hmm. they, they made GoldenEye, they made Killer Instincts, they made the Donkey Kong Country series, mm-hmm. and uh, they are just one of the best producers. They were great at doing those first first generation 3D graphic games. Yep. They did a great job of that, because I remember playing Donkey Kong Country and Diddy Kong and all of that, and they, it was, they were fun games. They were annoying as all get out, but they, they were, were fun games. For and sure. They, exactly. It basically was the first run of games that were like, oh my gosh, I will never beat this game kind of runs. <laughs> so, But uh, 64 was, you know, it was a good and bad system in, in, in different points, because I remember being in college playing... Um, Super Smash Brothers. You know, that's the one game that came from the Nintendo 64 era that actually was a really major game for them. Because, you know, Super Smash Brothers, it, they had it on that. They had Super Smash, Brothers, uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee on the GameCube. They even got some new versions out that I haven't played yet, but... You know, it was a great. That was a great kind of kickoff well, for them as so, well. So again, we got kind of some fond memories of the Nintendo sixty four. But there's a lot of debate. I mean, if you take somebody now that's never played it and go back and play it, they're probably like, "This is terrible." So let's just see right now. Can you name ten good games that you remember on the Nintendo sixty four? Ten. Uh, let's let's try this. Right. Conquer's bad yep. for they. Super Smash yep. Brothers. Uh, Donkey Kong Country. Okay. Donkey Kong Diddy 64. Kong Country. Well, no, that's on Nintendo, Super Nintendo. They only had Donkey Kong 64. Donkey Kong 64, okay. That was that was a that was a, a good one. Uh you're going to have um Mario 64. Yeah, yeah I'm probably burned out there. <laughs> you got to get a lot of people upset. And I can I'm take <laughs> so Let me see if I can name. I'm, I'm, I'm say, I got Mario 64. You probably can do a little better than me. I like Mario 64. Uh Ocarina of Time, of course. Uh, forgot about that. Like that one Those are three yeah. right there. And then, like you said, Bad Fur Day. I never played sixty Donkey Kong sixty four. I don't think it was that good game. 
But uh, ba- uh, Banjo Kazooie, Goldeneye. Yeah, that was a good one. Goldeneye. Uh, Kill- Did I already say yeah. Killer Instinct? The Killer Instinct Gold. No, I didn't say that one yet. The Killer like Instinct Gold. Yeah. Uh, whew, let's see. Yes, I mean that's where you start getting. I, I liked Shadows of the Empire and I liked Rogue Squadron. We both had those. Yes, yeah, those were two good games. Um, and I wouldn't consider it a good game now, but I loved it. We it was WCW Revenge. Oh gosh, that was, that was awesome a, game. Well, it was a nostalgia. Yeah. So yeah, there, there's, there's 10. our ten games, guys. There, there's our but, ten. You know, so. you're struggling to do that. I mean, you, you probably couldn't name twenty. And and they, that, so what was the library? Hundred something, two hundred something games, I think. Let's see. Yeah, I think I probably played. I probably played less than half the library on Nintendo sixty four. To be honest, yeah, I mean, I played a lot, did, but yeah. a lot I, of I sports played, games. But I, yeah, and I didn't play too many sports games on the 64. I didn't really start doing sports games until the PS2. I, yeah, I a little bit on the PS1. Games, but yeah. yeah, so I probably played... Honestly, I probably played 40 to 50 of those titles. So Yeah, I mean, no, but no, and I, mean, I, was, I mean, I don't know how to do this yet. I mean, how to find this, but to do a quick search for how many of these are sports games would be, I mean, ridiculous. You know, 1080 snowboarding was a great game. You you had that I one, yeah. That. Yeah, I had 1080 snowboarding. I remember that was a lot of fun. Yeah, and then um, what was the other one I just saw that I remembered? Uh, Turok was one of the. It, that was a fun one at first. The controls yeah. are very strange, but uh, here's here's a weird one that, and I just bought this one as a. I never played it back in the day, but I bought this. It was like a cheap price to try it out. It was Asteroid 64. And it's just you're the little ship, mm-hmm. and you're spinning around shooting asteroids, and it's just got an appeal to it. It's real addicting. What about Earthbound? Was Earthbound on sixty four, no. or was that a different, or that was, was that on not Super Nintendo? Nintendo. Uh, Super Nintendo. Okay, uh, I couldn't remember Earthbound. So yeah, and they had the Castlevanias come out, the three D Castlevanias, and they were t- they mm-hmm. were not good. No, they were not fun because they had. I think they even had a Ninja Gaiden three D at some point, and that wasn't that hot either. Not in my opinion. They had like, Diakatana come out for sixty four. You remember that John Romero game? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so John Romero broke off and he had this whole camp ad campaign. He broke off of ID Software and John and Carmack. Yeah. They made Doom and Wolfenstein and all that. They had a great thing going. Had a, what was the, uh, wow, I just draw a blank on it. Uh, and I see it in my head right now. What was the big uh, tournament? It's a, it's a first person shooter, Quake. That's what I'm trying to think of. Quake, yeah. They Quake, made Quake. Quake. Uh, and so, by the way, that new... So, I'm getting sidetracked. But they made that... John Romero broke off and made Dakatana. It was a terrible game. He had it, everybody hyped up. Everybody was so good. Thought it was going to be the greatest game. It was terrible. A big flop. But it's actually out on Nintendo 64. So, but anyway, mm. the Doom... I, gotta, I, I do have to say this. The Doom on PlayStation 4 is cheap now. It's like 30 bucks. That, if you have not played that game, you need to go get that game. That is a phenomenal game. That is one of the most underrated games there is. It's even got a multiplayer that's old school. You get shot up and you get to get health packs and all this. And I didn't play a lot of the multiplayer, but the single the, the single player campaign to go through there, I, I platted it, man. I loved every mm-hmm. minute of it. I mean, that is a phenomenal game. I'm excited about the Wolfenstein coming out. But, yeah. you, I mean, just just try it. You will You will get addicted quick. So just before we, you know, we're still in the fifth generation and we're creeping up on an hour of talking. You can That's tell fine. we can easily dive into this, but that's no big deal, guys. You know, hang in there with us. We're going to finish this up soon, too. But just to point out, uh, this one game, 
that is if it's not your all-time favorite game it's pretty high up there final fantasy 7 was in 1997 yeah and it's hard to think it was that far that long ago yes it's 20 you know, years ago feels like it was just the other day that that game came out because it was a fantastic game it was great you know and that was on just the regular playstation you know i can't believe that was just on playstation yeah, i bought a playstation from a friend of mine or a friend of ours mitch yeah and uh before i he, he wanted to sell his and then i didn't have the money for it i think he wanted 150 dollars for it and i was in jackson with my girlfriend at the time and they had sold Final Fantasy, and I bought it. I didn't even have a PlayStation. It's like I gotta get it. It's just I love Final Fantasy. Like it's, mm-hmm. it, that came out after Final Fantasy six, of course, but it was three. So we go from Final Fantasy three in America, then it finally catches back up with the Japanese not lettering. Final Fantasy seven. So I called Mitch on the way back. I said, "Dude, look, I'll give you some of the money, man. Let me just have it, and then I'll give you the rest later." He's like, "Yeah, sure, no problem, man." I I went crazy, dude. I thought I was yeah. I, I was in heaven for that game. I remember that. And then, too, another one, uh, another, because we, we mentioned this game earlier. Its very first edition came out in 97 was Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, you I know? Remember and that. I remember getting that I original, original Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. That was so much fun. It was a flat, you know, it was pretty much almost like a side scroller, but it was flat. The whole point of the game, really, more, more or less, was drive a car really fast around there. I mean, that was. <laughs> You know, yeah, you could do some of the side stuff, but no, you had to get a car and get on the motorcycle. There is a story. Oh, yeah. And it's just so, you don't even can't even keep up with it. And you like walk mm-hmm. around and you shoot the pistol, and it's one little white dot that comes out from the front yeah, of you. It was hilarious. You get in the bus. That's my favorite part. If you get in the bus and drive it, it never slows down. I never got to a straightaway to where it stops slowing down. No, you don't. And you, you can can't. slam you can through never everything. Stop that bus. But it was fun. Oh, yeah. But then Grand um, Theft Auto mention, 2 came out, and it's the exact same thing. Exactly. <laughs> it was like, just in England. It was set in England versus the U.S., I think. It was I'm a little mistaken. bit better graphics, but it was not. You would think it wasn't the, the Grand Theft Auto 3, of course. But anyway. Yeah. It wasn't until Grand Theft Auto 3 that Grand Theft Auto really picked up. Um, so I want to mention one other game system before we move on to the sixth generation, which we'll start hitting Xbox and all that in the sixth generation is the Dreamcast. And the reason why I want to mention the Dreamcast is because Hollywood had a Dreamcast. I never got a Dreamcast, but I remember Hollywood having the Dreamcast. And I cannot remember the name of the game that he loved on that, but he'll, he'll have to mention that one. Um, but that game was kind of a revolutionary because it has this great story to it. Oh, I know what you're asking. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden ends. I remember having, I ba- you know, I know I had one, but I barely remember having it. Is that Yakazumi no, or something it, well, like that's, that? It's Yakuza. It, uh, it's not called. Well, Yakuza is right, a different, but it's the it, same. It's a different game. So that's, that's, it's called Shimu. That's it, uh, yes. But Yakuza kind of took the ball and ran with what, what Shimu was trying to be. Yeah, so Shimmyu was really cool because it had this great storyline. The only thing that I didn't like about it was the fact that when you went to fight, instead of actually you doing the fighting or anything in it, you'd have to press a button to dodge or kick or whatever and kind of press these combos to do yeah, it's it. Just re- so it was really kind of neat. But the thing is, is you, you go to fight the last boss. You don't know it's the last boss, but it's the last what boss in the middle of nothing. That's <laughs> oh, my dog. <laughs> Uh, like I said, I I apologize, guys, for all the fine. random sounds you're gonna hear here. But you know, I got two dogs that kind of are crazy. This one here, she's been bad lately. She ate a book just recently, so she's in kind of time out. Throw up or dying over there, man. Oh no, she just whines like that. So, <laughs> but um, <laughs> Shishimi was really cool for that. 
and so she uh so so that game you know that game was just a really neat game and had a really cool concept except for the fact that it it literally ends in the middle of nothing you know it just ends and you're like well aren't i supposed to get on this boat to go over here to do more well they have a shishimi too and the director that wrote Shishimi 1 and 2, he's actually in the process of writing Shishimi 3. Yeah. So hopefully it'll one day it'll come out to actually finally finish the story. This yeah, is I don't think it's ever going to happen. Generations, yeah, that are generations it was, know, in the making. So it's so. supposed to be like a six or eight part series, I can't remember. But um, yeah, he came out with the one It just costs way too much money because he was so meticulous. And that's what I loved about it. I love the Asian culture and stuff, and that's kind of why I got into that you're walking around the, the city or the little village in japan and like the time real time stuff happens you know it starts to rain in fact the weather was real for that time period i believe it's based in 86 mm-hmm. or something so whatever day it was september 9th 1986 the weather on the game was the exact weather that it was really in 1986 in that part of yep. the city or whatever and um so it was really cool like that and uh, it had the quick time events where you just push buttons. But you did have the regular fighting too. It it was yeah, no bat. It was no Batman. But I mean, like uh, it was close enough for yeah. that time. But I just liked the whole immersion of uh, into that culture, which is which was really cool. But uh, it was it was real cool. <clears throat> yeah. So so anyway. So yeah, they've been talking about the guy's going to make more, but it never really took off. I don't think. I think it's actually dead now. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. He's actually he's actually in the process well, of writing Shishimi Three, so I don't I don't know if it will ever actually make it to the game, but he actually has it. He's um, uh, what what was there? What the last time I uh, heard so they said it's supposed they were, to release December two thousand seventeen, but yeah, it's supposed to release like uh end of, end of this year, first of next year, because I even heard they were pushing it back a little bit because of his development, but basically. He's supposed to technically, from what I've heard, he's supposed to wrap it up in Shishumi Three. Yeah, he needs to, but this is, that's great news. I didn't know up, that. So. I, I knew that uh, listening to some older, you know, a few years ago podcast or just doing some stuff on YouTube or whatever. I know that it that he got shot down a few times for trying to do this. Yeah, uh, just wasn't enough. I think he tried to do a Kickstarter and it just wasn't enough people or something. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I'm glad he's doing it. I love that game. But I've been meaning to get the yeah. Yakuza and. and trying to they said that's supposed to be a phenomenal game i haven't played any of them but anyway Mm -hmm. so uh so yeah dreamcast uh it is definitely a gotta have a huge cult following in fact you can even buy new dreamcast games now from people that are programming their own and it was Mm -hmm. just a and that's one of the reasons they say that it failed which there's many reasons why and we can get that into the later but um it's just a cdr you can get a cdr and Write a Sega uh, Dreamcast game on it and play it, burn them or yeah. whatever. But and this is an interesting fact too to bring up too, just just kind of kind of to talk about the Dreamcast is is it was considered to be way ahead of its time and a pioneer of online gaming. It was one of the first gaming systems that had online gaming in it. I remember with uh, wasn't it the uh, the Super Nintendo had that uh, band. Yeah, X band to it. So, by the but, way, let me. Yeah, let, so yeah, so they had X band. The the Dreamcast had a modem that you could buy to add on to it. It never came. It may have come with. Uh, I think eventually it did come with an Ethernet port toward the end of its lifetime uh, life cycle or an Ethernet add on. But the first online was a modem that you could uh, buy with it. Mm-hmm. But 
X band. I'm glad you bring that up. That is a that is something a lot better. <laughs> How many people do you think listen to this and don't even know what that is? Probably not many, and um, I think that might be a good thing to say for our next one to continue on to this, because I think X-Band and that kind of revolution might be a good thing to talk about. Okay, we'll talk know, about X-Band bring it time. On. Yeah, we're over about an hour and uh, ten minutes, and uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll use another one. We might, Whenever we release the next one about this, we're going to pick up from 5th Gen, but I do want to definitely want to talk about X-Band uh, next time. That, that was a... Uh, a unique uh, way thing. ahead of time. And I was hardcore time. It into really it. really was. But, yeah, uh, oh yeah, I remember how hardcore you were and I'll definitely bring up some of the memories I have of that on our next one when we talk about it. So, Alright, cool. We'll just uh, check back. We're going to release these every week and um, so next week you might get a uh, Destiny. What do you, so you, want, you want to do Destiny next or you want to do X-Band next? I say let's roll on with this and give us some time to play Destiny. You know, I, I want to be able to give our listeners a really nice, good review of Destiny. Okay. And with me in the middle of doing house renovations and moving, I don't know how much time I'll be able to put into Destiny, but I can surely talk about retro games all day long. So um, let's get a good playthrough on Destiny 2. Let's at least try to get to where we're light level high enough for the raid, get up to that point before we do a, another Destiny run, which it should take us about a week or so, so to pull Yeah, so next off, week so. we'll do... Uh, we'll just pick up for x-band and the uh fifth gen on uh for the systems and games and then uh and then after that we'll release a uh, destiny 2 so i may go back in the beginning of this and switch it up but whatever right. uh so cool all right well appreciate you guys listening in hope you stuck around for the whole thing and uh we will catch you guys next week yeah see y'all guys next week later